Okay. This is Galen and Danette. I was questioned, am I saying your last name right after all these years? This is Gingrich. Okay, it's not Gingerich. You're not redheads, so you're not gingers. You're Gingriches. So Tammy and I have known these guys for about six years now, and I usually just simply say they're mom and dad to us spiritually in the kingdom. They are mother and father and to our church. And they are expert builders. They built the house called New Horizons Church in McMinnville some, how many years ago? 40 years ago, planted the church. And if you were lucky enough to go down there at any time and and experience their Sunday gatherings or one of the um, Global Legacy Bethel Leaders Network conferences, you just, you would see the heritage that, and, and the favor that God has put on them and on their house and just what he's built there. And so we're privileged to have them, to be honored, to have an, the honor of having them spend time with us and just encourage and pour in. And we, we hang on the words that they speak all the way from the beginning in our living room meetings or FaceTiming with them. We hold on to your guys' words because you give us a lot of life and a lot of encouragement and you've been cheer, cheering us on the whole time. So, yes. We love you guys. It was nice getting to meet Leslie for the first time, and I see a couple new faces here, and Fitzhugh family and the Burroughs family. God bless you all. We just love what God's doing here. I, um, I said, Lord, what are you wanting to share um, with Legacy City Church? And I got the three little words, power of presence, the powers of, of the present. And I remember sitting in the living room with a small group of people when we started out year, <laughs> eons ago, and just thinking, wow, where's this going to take us? And I just remembered thinking about the value of the people in the room and just thinking there's such a, a wonderful future ahead of us, but I remember thinking, too, that I don't want to skip ahead and not be in the present and not really enjoy what's happening as far as the building of the relationships and the forging of friendships and building community. I'm excited about the word Galen's going to share with you this morning because it's talking about the power of community. And so I'm excited about that. But just much like, and I'm a grandma, and for you the mamas and grandmas and dads out there, and when you had your children in your arms for your first times, and I, I think there's something very precious when you look into the face of a sleeping baby, they are just in the moment. <laughs> They're right next to your chest, and you just look at them. You're savoring them. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of look, and you drink them in. And they don't have a care in the world. They have no thought about yesterday. That's past. They have nothing going for the future. I mean, they're just in the moment. They're secure. They're safe. They're resting. And that's kind of what I want to be the rest of my days. That's what my prayer is for you, is that you're just in the moment, and don't get too far ahead and thinking, okay, we need to be here and we need to look like this by now. And just enjoy the moment of the friendships that are being forged as you build community. God's, uh, it's, it's a good thing. And I love what God's doing here. And I love the fact that he's adding to you. And it's not just he's adding to you, it's who he's adding. And the gifts they bring to the house and the things, uh, the talents and the value. and It's amazing. So I'm, every time I come, I come away thinking, wow, God, you're just amazing how you're building this house. And um, so be encouraged. You know, you look back five years from now, you'll go, wow, wow. But in the meantime, all the relationships built, it's a powerful thing. So 
Just savor the moment. Bless you. All right, my sweetheart. Thank you. So good to be here. It's been a long time. Memorial Day weekend. We were here last. That's been about 10, nine months, something like that. I am, you know, uh, Danette or Scott, you said something about um, starting a church like 40 years ago. I just wanted you guys to know, yeah, it's all true. We were about five years of age at the time. Because I know you, I saw you looking and you're just kind of doing the math. Yeah, we were five, so, yeah. But I can tell you this, is that we are absolutely blessed and enjoying so many great things in our lives, like beyond what we even imagined or thought 40 years ago. You know, Apostle Paul talks about that. Beyond what you imagine or think. I mean, what we are experiencing in our lives is beyond what we even imagined or thought. It, to some extent. Um, and if things in life sometimes don't just happen, there's usually a process that we all move through, and we are, in fact, are in process. Every one of us. I am in process. And the process is such an important factor in all of our lives because in this whole lifelong process, we are becoming who we're created to be. And so we have all of the DNA, but we take on form and shape according to our Father's design, our Heavenly Father's design, see? And so you're, each one, are a beautiful work in process. Matter of fact, tell somebody. You ought to tell somebody. You got to encourage each other. You are a beautiful work in process. Now, I didn't say, don't, don't tell them you're a real piece of work. No, that's not what I said. You're supposed to say, you're a beautiful work in process. <laughs> you know, Philippians says that he who's begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. That means to maturity, to its fullest extent of beauty and majesty. So God's begun a good work in you. Good things are happening in you. Even in the midst of a crazy world that we live, and sometimes life can feel really crazy. Stuff happens around us, in us, and such, but it can all really be brought, it can be brought into, within, to the, within the scope of this process if we keep our, our, our perspective, keep spiritual perspective, okay? God never wastes anything. Even the tough stuff that happens in our lives and even the things that the devil means for our demise if I can keep my focus on him, God said, well, I'm going to have the last word on that, not the enemy of your soul. The enemy may come up, may have come up with some scheme, messed with you. 
messed with your head, messed with your life, messed with your family. And sometimes those are bummer deals. Sometimes it's heavy stuff. It's just, it's just part of life's process. And so you young ones, you haven't probably experienced, some of you may have experienced some of that tough stuff, but, but and you've seen others. But you remember, God says, I want to I have the last word on this. Hey, will you let me have the last word? Will you let me be in Lord of your life to the extent that where you're going to dare to trust that I can even bring some good out of that which the devil meant for evil? I didn't plan to say any of this. I'm speaking prophetically to you right now because some of us in the room need to be encouraged in this. Never planned one word of this. It just started coming out of my mouth. I understand how the spirit works on it. So enjoy, enjoy what you're hearing right now and take it in, take it in, take it in, take it in. You are a beautiful work in process. You get home and uh, go look in the mirror. As soon as you can find a mirror, whether here or get home or somewhere, go, wow, I'm a great, beautiful work in process. Check me out. Yeah. Now watch, you get home, everybody's going to go fight for the mirror. Hope you have a lot of mirrors in your house. <laughs> but you need to do that. You see, I, I, I used to do this. I'd go look in the mirror. And I memorized Romans 6. And I'm a young guy, teenager at this time. And I look in the mirror and I go, I look in the mirror and I go, Galen, what shall you say? Shall you continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid you are dead to sin and you're alive unto God. Know ye not that so many of us, and I just begin to declare the scripture to myself in the mirror. It helped me catch it. It just helped me really catch it, you know. Kind of, um, you know, I, I know I've shared that sometimes. People think, man, he's, he's, he's not half cracked. He's totally cracked, you know. Well, I'm telling you, there are some things that if we learn to apply along the way, 40 years later, you can go, wow, I'm experiencing some fruit. So I'm just saying we are blessed to experience some fruit, but a lot of the good things that are happening in our lives are not happening, well, just because. No, it's because we chose to invest our heart, soul, and mind strength to follow the purposes of God. Every day didn't have to do with what I felt like. See, if you live by your feelings, man, you'd be like a roller coaster, up and down and all around, because I'm no different than you. Sometimes, sometimes feelings, feelings are like, you know, you can have those real blah feelings or feelings like losing hope or feelings like giving up in a particular situation or whatever, maybe even in a relationship, you know. But you can't let your feelings rule you. God gave us those feelings. Those emotions are wonderful, but sometimes we have to make those tough choices. And I know you guys have all do that. It's not, nothing new to you. Um, so, Danette and I, the fruit that we're experiencing, though, is because by God's grace, not because we love God more, it's not because we're more spiritual, but, but we learned some disciplines of our life early on when we were kids and teenagers disciplines. I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to declare the praises of God. You say, well, where'd you learn all that? Because I watched my dad and mom. They lived a super blessed life, super blessed life. Dad passed uh, just two years ago here, a couple weeks, last week, it was just two years. 
and he's just short of 89, and my mom's 87, and she's out ministering every day of the week, out loving on people, driving around, serving people, and doing all the stuff. Because every day of their life, they've always purposed, I don't care what happens, we're going to follow after God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So you see, I just watched it. They get up every morning and start praising Jesus. I wake up every morning and I'm listening to them praising Jesus. Every morning of my life when I was a kid all growing up. So what it did is set a tone and atmosphere of all of our lives. And so I'm the oldest of five kids. So all five of us kids just walking straight for Jesus all of our lives. Every one of us. Not because we're better than any, but I'm just telling you, mom and dad sewed into it. They lived it. And we get to live. We get to live out this thing called relationship with God. And know this, that's all a part investing into others for their future and for your future rewards as well. See, my mom and dad invested into us as kids by modeling praise, modeling worship, setting priorities. We were in the house of the Lord three times a week, every time the door was open, and we were there 15 to 20 minutes early every single time, without exception. Never once were we not, did we not show, unless we were like nigh into death with sick. <laughs> and that was extremely rare too. I'm telling you, they set order. And you say, well, that sounds pretty religious. No, it wasn't religious. It was about priorities. It's what it was, just priorities. So they set something into motion that has affected every area of our lives, see? I'm so glad. What you are doing today, now, I'm gonna, not talking about me anymore. What I want to say is that you guys are so wise. You set aside this morning that you're going to be worshipers. You're set aside this time and say, we're going to gather with other people. And, and, and we're going to reflect on the goodness of God. We're going to listen and ingest the some truth of his word that's going to cause us to, to blossom. It's going to cause us to bear fruit, see? So your being here is, in, for example, this is just one way that you're investing into your future, kids' future, but you're investing into the future of the others in your room, in this room right now, and into the future of other people in your lives, co-workers, et cetera. Because every day is a day where I live it as unto the Lord. And when I live every day as unto my God, I am mindful of principles that will carry me for a lifetime and have eternal reward. I'm mindful of the opportunities that I get to be a blessing to other people around me, as we've already heard some testimony that Scott just shared, you know. And there's so many ways that we are. But we do all of this because we recognize that we're privileged to have breath and, and we're called to constantly invest our heart, soul, and lives, not only into our natural families, but spiritual family and to other people. And we do it by how we live and what we model. What we model, how we speak, um, how, we, um, how we respond to life stuff, you know? So we're all ordinary folks, and sometimes we're in this process, we're on this journey, and we hit a speed bump. We're in this process, in this journey, we come to an intersection in life, and somebody pulls out in front of us, and we crash. We're in this process, and so stuff happens along the way. But you know what? 
God puts a resilience within every one of us, and he, it's, it, he, there's this resilience factor. It's, 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 called, it's called hope. It's called hope. And even when we can be at low ebb, there can be a spirit of hope that rises up. We've all experienced it. We wouldn't even be here today, right? We, that, that's why we're here is because we have some measure of hope, you know. And that hope, though, is because of what God has invested to us. In part, we are here today, every one of us, and alive because of what others have invested into us. Moms and dads, naturally. Other people, friends, coworkers, other people are investing into us. And so we're better today, every one of us, than we might have been otherwise if others had not invested into our lives. And in turn, we get to keep investing into other people. So good things happen when we live really intentionally. See, see if I get up in the morning and say, well, I'm going to wait and see what happens today. And if I take that passive approach, usually not much good will happen. But when I wake up in the morning and go, wow, this is a day that God's made. I'm a privileged one to know him. I'm privileged to know so many people. And I'm going to use all of my heart, soul, mind, and my strength to just invest into the lives of other people. And I'm not going to do it for just what I can get out of life, but I'm going to do it even if I don't receive anything directly in return because I know that I'm being rewarded by my Heavenly Father. And we will receive stuff in return, though, directly as a result of serving with pure hearts and motivation. So you guys are doing this stuff. I want to tell you, um, just, I, just, I just want to declare blessing over you so much. You're, it's not in vain. Some of you, somebody in the room is thinking right now, I can hear it you're in your thoughts right now, is that, well, it seems like it's rather all in vain what I've been doing. No, it's not. It's not the truth. It's not in vain. Even if you don't see the kind of results that you hope to see. Boy, Danette and I have been there sometimes. We've served in some ways and we go, I guess so much for all of that, <laughs> you know. And uh, in the moments of disappointment, you're investing into a friendship or relationship, you know. Um, and, it's, and, 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 and it's not going well or it falls apart down the road or something goes wrong and it's like, well, what was all of that about? That was a waste of time. Reality is this. Remember this. Remember this. Always remember this. Whatever we do in terms of vesting our heart, soul, and strength, if we're doing it as unto the Lord, it is never a waste of time, even if the relationship actually kind of flutters and even drifts apart or crashes and burns. It's still not in vain when you do something as unto God. And the sooner we learn that as kids, teenagers, and adults, we're for the better. Because otherwise, we can lose hope. We get disheartened. We invest our heart. We invest our heart. You invest your soul. You invest your time. You invest your money. And then it didn't get the kind of immediate results. But remember this, everything you do. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, 7, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and strength. Whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Whatever you do. Yeah, that includes schoolwork. <laughs> all right, kids, there you are. You know, it's like, oh, come on. 
I'm doing this to keep mom and dad happy. <laughs> no, the bigger picture is you're growing in knowledge and understanding. That's a pretty smart thing to do. You want to do that. But when you really do it, you say, God, I'm doing it because you created me. And since I'm a created one of yours, I'm a son or daughter of your, of you, of you, God. Therefore, I want to be wise in the use of my time. You gave me a brain, so I want to give myself to study, see? I'm doing this to honor you as the one who created me. And just the disciplines of schoolwork. Now, I'm just telling you, I, I wish I'd have better understood this when I was a student. I thought school was about fun. And, and, and I didn't like the work part, the, the, the study part. I didn't like it. I mean, I, it, was, it was just bad. It was bad. I mean, I, I just, and it wasn't a bad attitude. It was about learning to stay focused because I saw life is full of opportunities and they're passing me by while I'm sitting in a silly classroom. Uh, well, granted, now it wasn't a great perspective, so don't, don't do what I did, but uh, I kind of took that on. But uh, I wish I'd have better understood that whatever we do, if it's studying in school, and we say, okay, I'm doing it as unto you. In other words, I'm doing it for your honor because you created me and you want me to make a difference in my world. And therefore, I can only make a difference in my world if I really grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. See? That helps us move forward through the whole academic process in our lives. But also, it moves us forward through every season of life because all of life, in fact, is about growing in wisdom and understanding. Knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And we won't even go to all the scriptures there today because this wasn't what I was going to talk about anyhow. Anyhow. So we want to keep growing, but every day we live it as unto the Lord. So here's just a couple thoughts that I want to talk about. You know, I love the idea and I love the experiences along the journey when God shows up in unique and special ways. I love those times in my life at personal levels, just personal encounters, or encounters um, uh, with God in the context of a church family, and we've had, we've had a lot of them, but <clears throat> they don't just happen. What God looks at, he looks at every single one of us, and he really looks for a responsiveness of our hearts and how well are we managing our lives. How we manage and what we do with what we've been given is key to how he will work today, tomorrow, and into the future. Because he's a good father. And natural moms and dads do that, right? We've all done it. My parents did it with me. And I'm watching my daughter doing that with her two little children right now, our two little grandchildren. And, and she's trying to teach them how to manage themselves, how to manage their lives, see? But being a good mother and her husband and being good parents, they're, they're carefully weigh those things out because they want to see that little almost three-year-old and how he's doing in managing responsibilities and privileges, see? Well, God, our Heavenly Father, takes a look at our hearts and he looks at the attitudes of our hearts and how well are we responding to him and managing our attitudes with one another, because that has everything to do with how he will lead us in successive steps of, of grace and blessing into the future. 
Okay? Now, I know this isn't like profoundly new revelation to any of us. I'm just telling you so is that it's something that he wants us to be mindful of, and I really feel like it's something that he's highlighting to us here today. So whatever age we are, it's all about process. We're a work in process. So the question is, God, how well am I managing my life and the resources you have given me today? I think it's an important question we should ask ourselves. Let's don't wait until somebody else asks this. Let's ask God. God, will you weigh in on this? And trust me, we know, as Pastor Scott talked about, you know, God speaks to us. He speaks to us. You know, and, and the more that we learn to listen and respond to how he speaks to us, the more successful we will be in being used of God to speak to other people and God speaking through us. So it's like, how well am I managing my resources? Am I guarding my heart? Am I monitoring my attitudes? Am I availing myself to the grace and the power of his presence in terms of thinking process, see? Am I going to ingest truth or am I going to believe lies of the enemy that come along? And there's all kinds of crazy things the enemy of our soul will, uh, will come up with and, and mess with our thinking. Every one of us will struggle with that along the way to some degree or some way, shape, or form. So I've got to manage my life. I've got to manage the resources on these things. And I know that uh, we, all, we all really, really get this. But in doing so, it will determine how God will work. See, a lot of times God says, if you will, I will. If you will, I will. And sometimes we can sit and wait and say, well, God, I'm just waiting for what you're saying and what you're going to do. And sometimes God is saying, no, you're a son. I put my DNA in you. I, I've, I've got this union with you. I want to know what's in your heart. I want to know how you're doing. How do you perceive yourself? What kind of steps of action are you taking towards your personal growth today? You say, well, when I turn 21, I'll start that. No, all you teenagers right now, and now, now is the time. You take response, and you guys are, a great group, see? You're taking responsibility for your lives. And that never ends. It never ends. And so all, I'm still in that same process of taking responsibility for how I think, how I live, Every attitude, I take responsibility because I don't want there to be restrictions. So my advancement forward and the unfolding of God's plans and the unfolding of great blessing and even Holy Spirit coming in power has everything to do with how I have been managing my life. So when I was a kid, about uh, seven years old, I was intrigued one time. We went to this meeting. And uh, we went to this meeting, and this, this minister was there. And matter of fact, he's still living. He's uh, 91, 92 now. His name is Gerald Durstein, and he lives in Bradenton, Florida. And, and, and so Gerald uh, was a pastor, and they had had this major visitation in their church up at Strawberry Lake, Minnesota. And he came to Oregon to tell about it, and I'm a kid, uh, I'm right about seven years old at that time, and uh, um, actually six, probably only six yet, 
Yeah, I guess it would have been about six years, right? Six years. And we go to this meeting, and he talks about this outpouring of Holy Spirit. So in our kind of our group and some of the friends we hang around, we really love the stories about the outpouring of God's Spirit. We love reading in Scripture. We love seeing the miracles. We love seeing divine visitations and such. And so Gerald told all about it. And uh, God showed up at their church on a, on a Sunday night in an extraordinary way. People fell on the floor under the power of God, men, women, teenagers, and children. And people prophesied and began to pray in unknown languages, uh, as 1 Corinthians 14 talks about. And there they are, and the fire department comes to the church because there were, was fire on the roof. Except when the fire department got there, there was no fire, but you could see it for two miles away. The building was on fire, but there was no fire. This is like an Acts 2. Tongues of fire, you go read Acts chapter 2. See? Well, there it was, this divine visitation. I'm listening to this as a kid. My heart's hungry for all of God. I don't want to just a, 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 a moment of like, wow, that's cool, you know. I, mean, I was smart enough to know that at six years old. It was more than just cool, but there was something in my heart that was like, whoa, they're on to something here. I want to see it in my life. But I'll tell you what I went home that day and was riding in the back of dad's new 57 Chevy, about a year old. And my brother was sitting right here on the right side. I always was on the left side. This is before three little sisters came along. And I'm standing up the day before we had seat belts. And so we're just free as a bird back then, living dangerously, no seat belts, you know. A lot of people died back then unnecessarily because there were no seat belts. So, you know, we don't want to go back to there. But I'm up in the back seat. We're driving down through the country road afterwards and uh, headed home after this meeting. And I felt the spirit of God and and uh, my heart, my heart was just like hungry for more. And I said, Mom and Dad, why don't we see all this kind of stuff happening in our church? And they're like, well, you know, we know what, it, what, what, what it's what God wants. But, we, we, you know, we just need, to, just need to keep serving Jesus and let's see what God might do and such. Then I begin to click. Things begin to click for me at that early age. How that the guy that was telling the story who I, I got to meet. Matter of fact, he later came and stayed right in my parents' home. And I was about 19, 18 years old at the time, and I got to shuttle him around in my car. Went to the airport, picked him up, drove him around. I got to be right with this guy that experienced this encounter. But you know what I started realizing even at six, and then I fully got it by 18, and when he actually came and lived in our home, or stayed in our home for a week. My parents' home, that is. But I was still living there. And uh, I recognized that the reason they had such an unusual visitation and outpouring that rocked that group and impacted the community, and this went on for days and days and days, by the way. And, 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 and Gerald now has ministered to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people because of this. He was not known by anybody except a handful of people in Strawberry Lake, Minnesota, and it's way, way, way up north and at that time, wasn't even any paved roads out to the church, just all dirt, gravel roads. But they were being faithful day in and day out 
and intentionally going after God, and they were growing. You see, God doesn't just show up out of the blue with, with except that we're, where there's a heart's response he's looking for. You know, Acts chapter, 20, uh, Acts chapter 2, those guys were in one accord, okay? So there they were in a Honda for 10 days, and they were hanging out in this upper room. And, and, and they were there because they were passionate about God. But how many of you know, you go get locked in a room, an upper room wasn't much bigger than it. Dan and I have been there in Israel, in Jerusalem. And, uh, and you, you, you've, you've got to get along with each other. And so they, but they had been forging relationships. It was a priority to them. So when God shows up, he shows up because, and he shows up in the middle of people who had fully devoted their hearts to him and devoted their hearts to one another. Guys, this is key. We want to walk in kingdom authority and power. It's like, I've got to be faithful personally to God. I've got to be doing everything as under the Lord, but I want to be faithfully servant, but I also want to be in relationally in healthy connections. I need to, how many of you know that takes work? That's an ongoing process, dear God, isn't it? Sometimes it's like, oh boy, I thought this friendship was just like, I thought this marriage was just like really going okay. And now this happens, you know? It's a lifelong process, just kind of managing our own selves, let alone trying to manage our friendships, our marriages, and our relationships with moms and dads. Yeah, teenagers too. Yeah, it's like, okay, I thought mom and dad were pretty cool now. Now, now that they laid this on me, they're not as cool as I thought they were yesterday, you know? Now, what am I going to do with them? And mom and dad are going, what am I going to do with you, you know? We got to work through this together. But we, it's the stuff we struggle with. So I can tell you that in, in my life early on, and I saw it in Scripture, is this about moving in one accord has, con has to do with continual daily adjustments. Now, you can look at all of this and go, oh, my goodness, I'm worn out thinking about it. Well, here's the reality is, is if you wake up every morning and you go, good morning, Lord. It's going to be a good day because you've equipped me and empowered me and you've given me grace. You've given me wisdom. Whatever little glitch is going to happen today, whatever challenge is before me, I'm going to live as an overcomer. See, you don't want to get up in the morning like, I guess it's going to be a good day. Whatever happens, you know. No, no. You just, you live poised. You live poised. You live ready. You live ready. How many of you ever played, uh, uh, how many of you ever played like basketball? Right? right? Yeah? Okay. So when you play basketball, so, so I played, started playing basketball when I was in grade school. Grade school team, played high school. I played college ball until my knees went. I hurt my knees pretty bad. And so I, I had to quit. I dropped out. And uh, but if you're playing ball, I remember in grade school, our coach, you know, we're standing in the court like this. He said, get your poison. Get ready. You know, if you're playing defense, you've got to take your stance. If you're on the offense and your team, you've got the ball, man, you're watching your 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 your, your teammate and you're looking for it because he may pass that ball. See? And all of a sudden he may pass, you're going to run down the court, you're going to drive it and literally 
perfectly poised, ready to go. This is how we got to live. This is how we live our life in the Jesus, eh? We live our life in the Jesus. Every day we wake up in the morning. Okay, God, I'm ready today. I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. I'm a child of God. Good things are before me. The good fruit's going to happen in my life. But I'm not ready to sit back and say, well, let's just see what happens. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stand up and I'm, I'm going to be looking for opportunities. And I'm expecting, God, as I'm faithful with the little things, that you're going to give me opportunity to be faithful with more. As I pay attention to these relationships, there's going to be some fruit that's going to come out of them. As I manage my money, whatever little money I have, I know if I manage it well and honor the Lord appropriately in giving and in giving and sharing with other people, that God will entrust me with more. So we live with intentionality. So our church then, when I was a kid or growing up, I remembered how Strawberry Lake, it didn't just happen. They were fully devoted to God. They were fully devoted to one another. And then they had these aha moments that influenced widely. So I grew up in my church. And um, sometimes it felt a little boring. You know, it felt that way to me. I don't think God was bored or anybody else. But I felt a little bored. And okay, it's another Sunday morning. Every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, plus serving and helping clean the church on Thursday night. How's that kind of a schedule, kids? Huh? That was life. Four, four nights a week, four times a week, we were together. It was life. It was a lifestyle because we were devoted, man. I'm so glad I had that privilege. I'm really glad I had that privilege. And... Um, <clears throat> And, and my kids, by the way, too. Can I, I just got to say this note right here. I remember when I was young, uh, when we were young parents, we'd have some parents say, now, Galen and Danette, don't make your kids go to church so much because, after all, they're going to rebel one day. I said, what are you talking about? That's nonsense. I'm the oldest of five kids, and we were in church three minimum times a week and not one of us rebelled against God or our parents. Going to church doesn't make you rebel for crying out loud. That's just really dumb thinking. I mean, that's just dumb thinking. <laughs> because we had a purpose, so that's the point. We had a purpose. We caught the point. We got to serve together, see. And then when we raised our kids, people try to warn us. Because we had our kids up, and we were up at 6 o'clock every Sunday morning. We were at the building at, uh, by 7.15 because our service started at 8.30. First service started at 8.30. Second service was 10.30. We would get home at 1, and we'd turn around, and we home, have lunch. Kids take a nap, and we'd turn around, and we was back in the evening for several hours as the glory of God would flow. And you know what our two kids now, 30, age 32 and 30, it's like, wow, that was amazing. Those were amazing years. Those were amazing, see? But, but there was a purpose. There was intentionality. And we were being faithful to what we called. Now, I'm not saying that God's calling you to do that right now, that kind of a schedule, okay? Even our church right now, we don't do that kind of intensive a schedule. My point is being is simply this, is that we run with, with great spirit and attitude with what God has, has put before us in the present. 
And the Lord is watching the attitude of the heart. He's watching for our responses. And he will do some sweet but beautiful things along the way that are beyond probably what we even thought of. Sure enough, it happened in my Mennonite church. I'm zigging and zagging a bit, but I haven't got, forgotten where I'm going. So uh, my Mennonite church then, and so here we are these kind of conservative evangelicals and Holy Spirit shows up in our church. Sure enough, he shows up in an unusual way. All these people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, they hardly even understood this stuff. Immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit and now they're praying in these prayer languages and moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So a few years later, we start our church and and we did it because we felt like God has spoken to us and God showed up in unusual ways and such. He showed up. And we had so many people coming to Jesus. It was like crazy. And lives are being changed and such. But it didn't just happen. It was because we were just faithful to the call, faithful in the little. And so when God wants to entrust us with more along the way, we were ready to handle it. We were ready to do it. This principle applies in every area of our lives. It'll work in business, okay? It works in our family relationships. It works in church family. Be faithful with the little. Be wholly devoted. All of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord every day. And you'll be surprised along the way. See, that's not an automatic. It's not a formula where, if, as such, that guarantees a certain kind of results, but are principles of truth that when activated faithfully, day in and day out, God will entrust us with more. More privilege and more responsibility and even more fruit, okay? Now more, when I say more, you never compare yourself with anybody else because that's a mistake. That's a mistake. So we never compare ourselves in relationship, well, Scott, okay, more than Scott, Scott more than me. No, 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 that's just silly, see. But it's just more for my life because God works with us individually in individual families, and it's according to your potential. He works with individual church families according to their faithfulness, and so he doesn't compare you with anybody else. He's comparing you with the possibilities, the potential with which you carry, okay? So what he's even looking for in only personal life, what he's looking for as a group here and what he sees is just the honor, honor to one another. He sees serving one another, see? And, and that's pleasing to the Lord. It's so pleasing to the Lord when, because whatever you do, what you do is unto the Lord, you can't go wrong. Wow. So for years at our church, we would just serve week in and week out, serve one another, honor one another, encourage one another, see people added to our midst. Down the road, even years later, about 25 years ago, we had a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a visitation of the Holy Spirit. And it was, when I say major, I mean where people were immobilized for hours and first service folks came and they are like so... So under the power and presence of God, they can't even hardly function. Second service folks come in, and this went on all day. And we came back that night, and it went on for five, six hours. And it continued month after month and year after year. It went forward. Thousands and thousands of people actually came there and such. Okay? Now, all I'm just simply saying this one point. It wouldn't have happened had we not been faithful with the little and day in and day out, see? 
So anytime in scripture, anytime in the life, um, God, God always is calling us to faithfulness, consistency, uh, holy expectation, living with hope, um, um, knowing this, that there are bumps along the way, but we're not going to allow the enemy to gain an upper hand. We're never going to allow it. We won't stand for it. We're going to stay, stand up, up and straight and tall and say, wow, I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner. I'm going to keep going forward. Let me just read three or four scriptures here. Sorry, Scott, this didn't go any which way that I had planned. But it's all good stuff. Here's some one another's in scripture. I had written these down. Greet one another. Romans 16, Romans 15, accept one another as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another. What is that? What, what do we mean by that? That simply means we're all at different places in our journey. We all have our own stuff. We have our uniqueness. We have, have our own beautiful ways about us. But we embrace one another. I look to another person. Even if I don't understand the other person, with my heart, though, I have to choose to accept that person. That's, how, that's the Jesus lifestyle. I embrace them because I'm doing this as Jesus would do, and I want to honor my Lord. You see, when I honor you, I'm honoring him. If I dishonor you, I dishonor him. You remember the story of Saul on the road to Damascus, and he gets knocked down by the light? And uh, of this bright light, and he goes down. And you know what Jesus spoke out of heaven? We won't go there, but Jesus, he, he, he said, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? What? Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus. Oh, he was only persecuting Christians. Jesus takes really personal how we treat one another. That's the moral of that story. Oh, that's a great passage. I caught that about 40 years ago. One day I was reading it. I'm going, oh my goodness, persecuting me. So every time I show honor, okay, he notices and he takes it personal. Why? Because he created you. So if I show respect and honor to you, I'm respecting and honoring Jesus. If I show disrespect or dishonor to you, guess what happens? That feels real personal to Jesus. If I show disrespect to Forrest over here, dishonor to him, say something to him or about him, Jesus says, whoa, don't talk to me like that. That's literally what's going on because Forrest is one of his loved ones as every one of you are, as all eight billion on the earth are. So what he's looking for is the attitudes of our heart. And so when we come into community, we accept one another as we are. None of us have it all together. We're all in process, and we're going to have ups and downs and ins and outs and such, but we can grow together in that. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Ephesians 4, 32. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4, 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Humble and gentle. Yeah, we mess up along the way. We all do. Kids do. Teenagers do. Adults do. You know, 
But let's be humble, gentle. Let's be patient with one another, bearing with one another in love. Galatians chapter 5, let's serve one another in love. Hey, how can I serve you? How can I be a blessing to you? Sometimes, sometimes there are, we have needs, but we don't want to publicize them. So what we really should train ourselves with is going up to a person or at least being sensitive, maybe the Holy Spirit. And I walk over to, to Dale and I say, brother, how, any way I can serve you? I just feel impressed to ask. Is there anything I can do for you, my friend? He's like, yeah, man. You know, I, it's funny you're asking me because, you know, this week I've got I've to move this piece of furniture and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do it by myself and, and then I don't even have the pickup to do it or trailer and uh, you think you can help me, Galen? It's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I've got a little trailer I can pull and, and I, I can help you, see? So, so, you see, we can ask one another how we can help. Encourage one another, First Thessalonians, okay? Uh, submit to one another. Uh, I know that's a scary word for some people because that term has been abused and misused. What it simply means is allow others some access to your life, see? Um, love one another. Devote to, be devoted to one another. There you are. Listen what? You guys are all a beautiful work in process. God has begun a good work in you individually and even as a group. And so just keep being faithful to what God is calling you to do. You may be surprised at how God looks at your heart and say, wow, I can really trust this person. I can really trust that person because they see devotion. They see honor. They see service. Or he sees that. And, and so he wants, to, he wants to bring out greater opportunity. You are making great, more of a difference than you realize. See, your being here today is a contribution even though you didn't have a microphone. You're having a contribution by being here. When you stood here and you sat here and you worshiped, you're releasing grace into the room. When you, when you literally smile, when you shake a hand, when you give a hug, you're releasing life into the room, say, it's not just the people who have a microphone. It's like I say at our church, you know, man, every time I walk in, I just feel the love. I feel all this grace happening. There's not time for everybody to have a microphone. Maybe kind of fun to do, but, you know, I mean, does any one of us really want to stay that many hours? You know? I don't know. Maybe you all do. So we can just start passing it around now. If you take as much time as me, we'll be here tomorrow. But anyhow, <laughs> so, so you guys got so much going for you. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Knowing this, God uh, has begun a good work, and he will bring it to completion, to maturity. Just live in an awareness every day. Today's this opportunity to serve. It's an opportunity to go after God with all of my heart. And he takes note. Scott, I think that is more than enough. I don't want to keep anybody here anymore. What's that? Holy hush. <laughs>